1: and welcome to the latest edition of the Politically Georgia Podcast, where we bring you news and analysis of all the latest Georgia shenanigans in Congress and under the gold dome. By now you know the Marta Gwinnett referendum failed. I'm here today to talk with Amanda Coyne, the AJC's Gwinnett reporter extraordinaire, to talk about why it failed and what's next. Amanda, thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: So in the end, it, it, was, it wasn't all that close. Was it surprising to you, the margin?
2: Uh, the margin was a little bit surprising to me. Um, I know that I and a few other people thought it would be a little bit closer, but the failure wasn't necessarily a huge surprise. Um, we'd been hearing from voters, um, you know, in the early voting period, um, a lot of no sentiment um, and the turnout was pretty low. Um, and it was a lot of um, older white voters who are more inclined to vote no Um so it overall was not a surprise but the margin was a little bit larger than we were expecting
1: this was a pretty big rebuke to the gwinnett establishment and the democratic establishment that hopes to replace them because if you look at all the the powers that were arrayed behind this there was governor nathan former governor nathan deal um, the gwinnett chairwoman charlotte nash the da the sheriff a lot of these long-serving gwinnett republicans and plus state figures like Deal, and then on the Democratic side you had the Stacey Abrams, the entire Democratic Party, pretty much most of the Democratic elected officials who were who are in Gwinnett right now, were all behind this. And yet, and there was no formal opposition. To know there were some robocalls, but there's no big, well-moneyed opposition and yet it still failed.
2: Yeah, a lot of uh, what I've heard from voters is um, that they didn't want to pay that extra tax, that the people who voted know uh, they didn't see themselves using it. And some people actually said, you know, I don't see people on the buses now, so why would they be riding the buses later? Um, And some other voters also, um, you know, told me that, you know, they, they actually wanted more rail in the county, which is counter to some other no votes that I heard. They, uh, you know, I talked to one guy in Buford who said, you know, there's nothing from my side of the county, there are some buses, but you know, if rail came further into Gwinnett, I might be more inclined to vote yes. But because he didn't see rail coming to his uh, area and because of the tax, he decided to vote no.
1: Hey, you guys did a fantastic job breaking down precinct by precinct why it failed. What What, what trends did you see emerge?
2: Yeah, so um, it was the areas that would have the the highest impact of transit generally would vote, generally did vote yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, you know, Norcross, uh, parts of Lawrenceville and Duluth.
1: Toward like the western side of yes, the area. Yes,
2: Yes, um, yes. And the northern and eastern parts, uh, you know, Buford, Snellville, uh, Dehula, Grayson, uh, places in that generally would get less. You know, Buford and Snellville did have um, some BRT lines in the plan and a lot of bus routes in the plan. Um, but those were the ones that voted no.
1: Democrats were furious. A lot of them saw this coming, and they blamed the timing of the vote. Now, this was held, of course, in March in a special election, rather than being put on the November general election, when 330-ish thousand people voted in in um, in Gwinnett County. This the 92 or so thousand people who voted still exceeded. Both the primaries last year in May, um, the runoff, uh, the July runoff. So they still, it was still higher than usual turnout for a for a non-general election vote, and yet it still paled in comparison to what it would have been in November.
2: Yeah, some uh, some areas where, um, you know, the no vote one did run behind some of the Democratic totals uh, for for November, for example. And that the choosing of the March date was really um, controversial among um, pro-transit people and and Democrats particularly. Why was it chosen? Um, So the. The county commission or, or the commission chair said that it was to give enough time to prepare for for the election and to uh, communicate the plan to voters. Um, you know, there have been some people who have uh, suggested that this was a political choice, that, you know, putting it on the ballot in November would have driven out more Democratic voters, but there's no nothing official to, to you know, But it sure
1: that. seemed like a compromise that she had to strike in order to get the votes needed to put it on the, the votes from the commission needed to put it on the ballot in March, right? Didn't she sort of admit that this was to get, you know, I think it was, was it John Hurd, um, the former Gwinnett County, one of the former Gwinnett County Commission, his vote of support, um, he, uh, it was tied to this this timing, Right.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it definitely made it um, easier for, for some people to vote yes on the commission, uh, to have it as a standalone rather than part of the midterms.
1: And Democrats are seething uh, in, in the aftermath. I, I, I heard from a lot of Democrats, as, you, as did you, who, uh, Bianca Keaton, the, the new chairwoman of the Gwinnett Democratic Party, you wrote a nice long story about her a couple weeks ago. She said this was a, a tantamount to voter suppression, not because anyone was being blocked from going to the polls, but because the off timing made it a lot harder. For, for, for Democrats to get aware of this. Did you encounter a lot of people who just didn't even know there was a Gwinnett referendum going on?
2: Yeah, uh, a lot of people you know, inside of Gwinnett and out who use MARTA. Um, And who who you know even if because even if you don't live live in Gwinnett if you utilize Marta you could have used the system that gone into that went into Gwinnett Um, and and Tyler Eastep my my colleague who also covers Gwinnett he spent a few hours at a um, at a bus at a bus stop in Gwinnett and talked to uh, to people there and almost none of them knew um, including people who would really benefit from it he talked to one woman who was you know working single mother and she said you know that she didn't know the referendum was happening but if it passed it it would would really help her get to doctor's appointments and get to work uh and so it was very interesting to see that people who once they heard about it were were, you know, excited about it and thought it would help them, but had no idea, um, you know, until they were told.
1: And this is where the money game gets involved. I mean, with primaries and with elections, you have so much money being spent on TV and advertising, and you can see where that factors in. There was money spent on TV and advertising. There's radio ads from Stacey Abrams. There was was several different groups that were really pushing this on the yes side. um, And yet it still didn't seem to break through, Overall, when you only had it's, I shouldn't say only because it was still higher turnout than usual for these special elections, but still about you know less than a hundred thousand people voting in a county of a million or, or so people to, to deciding their transit fate.
2: Yeah, and and some of that is just the trend of it being very difficult to bring up that passion for people to come out on off elections there's not something um that is as motivating as um you know a really enthusiastic um uh, feeling for a candidate um and and the trans referendum is is kind of a dense thing to look at you know the, the plan is 167 pages long it's not written for the average person to really understand it's written for an engineer to understand um and so when you look at it you might not know what your ca- your area is getting, might not know what the tax is going to deliver. Um, and it might, you know, just be something that, you know, you don't, you don't you don't see it as something that is, is really important or you don't see it as something that could benefit you or you don't see it as something that um, it's worth your time to go out and vote on. Um, and it's just similar to, uh, you know, when you look academically at other um, special elections or even primaries, there's just lower turnout if it's not a big general election.
1: And yet advocates really try to make this broader base than, let's say, 1990 when it last was up for a vote. It wasn't focused purely on on MARTA and trains. There was bus rapid transit, rapid bus transit, new bus routes, a lot lot of different sorts of transit that would extend into the eastern and northern parts of the county where where people were worried that it wouldn't directly benefit them. What, What did you hear um, from, from the no voters, you mentioned a little bit about they're worried about it not, not helping them, their bottom line sort of, it not extending to them. What else did you hear from the no votes?
2: Uh, a lot of the no votes, you know, I, I would ask everyone who I spoke to, you know, what's your commute like? Um, how often do you have to get out of the, out of the county? You know, h- How do you get around right now? And the, a lot of the no voters uh, are, were people who didn't have to commute to Atlanta or people who uh, didn't often deal with traffic or if they dealt with it, it was within the county. And they didn't think that those uh, bus lines and bus rapid transit lines would help them. Um, and some of them were, um, you know, uh, you know, one woman I spoke to did commute into Atlanta every day using the express bus, but she said, you know what, I like the bus as it is now. It doesn't need to change, and I don't need to pay another tax. Um, so that 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 tax aspect, and also the um, the the not getting out of Gwinnett not commuting to Atlanta um, were two big contributing factors as well as, um, you know, concerns about the cost of rail and concerns about uh, whether rail, once it's complete, will still be um, the most up-to-date and uh, useful technology.
1: One common theme emerged from the, the advocates, whether they were Republican or Democrat, and that was this is not going away. This is not going to be another, what is it, 28-year gap between the last vote this is going to come up again. What did Charlotte, Charlotte Nash, um, you you and Tyler talked to her, the Gwinnett County chairwoman. What did she say about this?
2: Yeah, I mean, I was uh, I was in the in the room with her minutes after the referendum was officially failed. And she was like, you know, it's just a question of when we're going to run it next. And I asked her if she thought putting it in March was a mistake. And and she said, you know, I wouldn't call it a mistake. But uh, I but she did say that she wanted to have the next referendum on a big election. And and the two next big elections we have coming up in Georgia are the primary and the uh, general election in 2020. She wouldn't commit to either one of those dates but um she she expressed that you know this was a lesson in learning to pick the right date
1: so that's interesting i always kind of saw it as the next time they could do it is 2022 Um, But could you see it coming up as early as next year again?
2: Uh, I think it depends on if they want to reevaluate what they're going to include in the plan. I I also spoke to uh, Jeffrey Parker, the CEO of MARTA, shortly after the failure, and he said, you know, there's nothing wrong with the plan right now. The plan is is good, but this is an opportunity to step back and look at, you know, could we provide um, other options? Could we provide uh, more options? Um, the one um, point is that if if they want to stick with that one percent sales tax, um, they're going with what they're calling a, a financially constrained plan, and that plan only provides for that five miles of heavy rail and that one stop in in Norcross. Um, and and one thing that Charlotte Nash told me is that you know people say they want more heavy rail, but if they want more heavy rail, then they're going to get less bus service and less of the county is going to be covered. So it would be a really big trade off. Um, and so that's the question is, you know, do you want to cover less of the county and add more rail? And it seemed like that wasn't something that she was interested.
1: And the subtext of this all is just how quickly changing this area is. I mean, since 1990, it's completely transformed from a, from a majority white county to one of the most diverse counties in the uh, east of the Mississippi. Um, at the same time, the pol- politics has changed, too. It went from a solidly Republican stronghold just five years ago. To to a county that Stacey Abrams won with 57% of the vote, and so in 2020, when Charlotte Nash and some other county leaders are up for election, uh, they they might not even you know be, be reelected, or they might not even stand for election. Has Charlotte announced whether or not she's going to run for another term?
2: Uh, she is not. Um, you know, we uh, we haven't been pushing her on that uh, quite yet, um, but. You know, we know that it's going to be a competitive field. She already has a Democratic opponent in uh, Kurt Thompson, a former senator from Gwinnett. Um, and you know, a few people have already declared for certain commission seats that are also up for re-election. Um, so we know it's going to be a competitive uh, cycle for, for, you know, uh, offices up and down the line in Gwinnett.
1: Which is why if Democrats do end up taking the county, which Democrats think they, they would, um, then this is going to come up no matter what. So it sounds like Republicans and Democrats are unified, at least the leadership is unified. I'm wanting this vote again just seems like it'll be a, a different, um, different timing for sure, but also maybe a different
2: presentation to voters. Yeah. And I think a, a big question about when they run, run the uh, referendum again, is if they run it before um, the 2020 election, they can run it again with the plan that Charlotte Nash and the most mm. Re- Republican commission has approved. But if they wait until after 2020, that plan could change if uh, there is new leadership in place. You know, if, if the commission is taken over by the Democrats, that plan could change, um, you know, whether it be how, what kind of transit transit is available? How much rail? How much bus? What kind of tax we're looking at? Uh, we know the county has polled on on how residents feel about certain taxes, and sales tax uh, was much more not not appealing, but less uh, less unpalatable than a property tax. So that that's what something that they'll probably stick with. But um, the. Running it in 2020 would give the Republican-dominated commission another chance to run their plan and guarantee that it's their plan that they have already approved.
1: Fantastic point. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Well, that's all for this week's edition of the Politically Georgia podcast. Head to AJC.com forward slash politics to subscribe to Politically Georgia. You'll get access to our daily newsletter, along with all of our stories and updates on all things Georgia politics. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and rate us. It really means a lot to us when you do. And as always, thank you for listening.
0: Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case.
2: I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years.
0: Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Our journalists at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution are working around the clock to keep you updated on all the developments surrounding the Trump indictment. Now the AJC is putting all of our coverage in one place with our new Trump 19 newsletter. Every Wednesday, you'll have our latest coverage and analysis on this historic case in your inbox. So sign up for free today at AJC.com indictmentnewsletter Indictment Newsletter. That's all one word. AJC.com indictmentnewsletter Indictment Newsletter.